You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo, and here we are at the season two finale. This season was a lot of fun and a massive success, which I'll talk about in three weeks when we launch season three of the Creating a Brand podcast. Next week and the following week, we're going to take a break to celebrate Christmas and New Year's with the family, but we'll be back the first Tuesday in January 2020. I want to end this season two in the same way we began it, on an episode heavily focused on development and growth. My guest today is Nathan Ingram. I first met Nathan about four years ago when he was a keynote speaker at a conference. He shared something that changed my life. And since that time, he's been a mentor and coach in my life and in my business, and I cannot speak highly enough about him. He's someone that I really look up to because he understands balance, focus, and strategy in a way that most people in today's world just don't understand. But when you grasp what Nathan shares, it will change your life. So in this last episode of season two, I have a conversation with Nathan about getting the most out of life and business. And what he shares today is going to serve you as a powerful paradigm shift that I believe will cause you to get more out of your life. So here it is now, my interview with Nathan Ingram. Nathan, thank you for being here today. Hey, Alex, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, you've referred to yourself as an expert. (laughs) I've heard you speak a handful of times and you've said, I am an expert. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, the only reason I start with that usually is I found this great quote by a physicist named Dr. Niels Bohr, who said that an expert is a person who has found out by his own painful experience all the mistakes that one can make in a very narrow field. And, and by that definition and that definition only, I am an expert because, I mean, look, if, if there's a mistake to be made, I've likely made it. Right. No, I, I love that because I remember the first time I ever heard you speak, you, you just walked up on stage and you're like, I'm an expert. I'm like, uh-oh, what kind of person is it going to be? And then you shared that quote and I was like, that's fantastic. So yeah. I kind of put you on the spot there, but wanted you to start with that. Sure. So today I, I want us to really focus on a topic that you've shared with me before. And it's another thing that I heard you speak somewhere just for all of our listeners. Nathan is a, a keynote speaker at many different word camps and other conferences around the country and probably world. You had this talk a few years ago that I heard that really impacted me and changed my life. And because of that, I wanted to have have you on the Creating a Brand podcast to just share with our audience as well, because I believe you have a powerful message here. So really, it's about getting more out of life and and business. And that's what I want to get into with you today here. So to start, can we just talk about some common struggles that you find that entrepreneurs have and, and how we need to develop a strategy to that we need to execute if we wish to achieve more and to actually get over these struggles that we have? Because I know you've been a a business coach for five plus years now, and you've found a few issues that kind of cross over in all industries and that just entrepreneurs have in general. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, one of the things that I struggled with for years, and and honestly, still do to this day, is there's a struggle that I think every business owner encounters that it's strategy versus execution. So strategy being, you know, the why behind what we do and the execution being the actual nuts and bolts of running the business day to day. And, you know, a lot of us go, you know, we get into this, maybe we start as a freelancer or, you know, we're doing what we do really well and we figure out that people will pay for this. And so we focus on doing that thing really, really well. And we get super busy doing it. I mean, if you're good at what you do, then people want you to do it for them. You know, you get really busy. And the problem is we get so wrapped up in the nuts and bolts in the day-to-day execution, we forget about the strategy. 
or, or we, you know, maybe we know we need strategy, but finding the time to do it, you know, how do I grow my business when I'm busy doing work for other people that's making me money? And it's, you know, for a while you can get away with that because, you know, you're just doing the thing and making the money. And then eventually you'll hit a wall where you're like, oh my gosh, I've got all of these needs in my own business and no time right. to, to deal with them. Yeah, issues. We have a lot of issues in no time. I've definitely defined my life as that in certain seasons. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's you know, we all understand that we need to have good strategic good strategy, good strategic things in our business that make us more efficient, more profitable, more productive, but we will all it seems like we always push off our own work you know, the work that we need to be doing on our business instead of the work in our business, our own strategy versus hmm. client work. We push that off because the, the demand that our clients have or, you know, the demand that the day-to-day -day activity of our business requires, it, it yells at us more loudly than the need that we know we have for strategy. Really, the issue is doing strategy is important right? It, it's, mm -hmm. it is important. Goals and strategy are important, but the day-to-day -day activity of our business is urgent. And Franklin right. Covey Co uh, Company has a, a great piece on this. And they say that when urgency and importance clash, urgency wins every time. Wow. That is so true. That's huge. I've seen it true in yeah. my own business. And so, you know, there's a term that I put to this, that the energy to run our business, I call it the whirlwind. The whirlwind is the urgent things that we have to deal with day to day. It's, it's the phone calls and the emails and the actual doing of the work for the clients and customers. All those, the, the energy and attention needed to run our business, the whirlwind. And that always seems to suck us in and consume all the time in our world. And the strategy just kind of gets like, it's a can that gets kicked down the road. That kind of happens in our personal lives as well. I mean, we're, we're talking about business right now, but really, if you think of this, this concept of the whirlwind, you know, there's certain things that you know you should do in your life. Like a perfect example is working out, exercising, but it's real easy to say, well, I've got to go to the grocery store. I've got to clean the house and I've got to pay these bills instead. Right. Without a doubt. And that's more the whirlwind, right? It is. And, you know, quite frankly, we always prioritize the things we want to do. Oh, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> the, 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 the things that aren't as fun for us, you know, we'll more easily kick those down the road. But and a lot of times we use the what I call the whirlwind as an excuse not to do the things we know we ought to do. So and that can happen, too. Yeah. And that's when people start saying, I'm just so busy all the time. Right. I think that's, that's more of the whirlwind talking, right? It totally is. And you know, that subject of busyness, it's an interesting, it's an interesting subject to get into because today people wear busyness as a badge of honor. Yeah, you're right. There was a article in the Harvard business review a couple of years ago now that the, the title was crazy busy, the new status symbol. And I've caught myself saying this, you know, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm crazy busy, as though that's a good thing, right? And, and this article was all about this research that was done. They made two, believe it or not, fake Facebook profiles. I'm not, I know that's hard to believe anybody would do that, but <laughs> oh, there's these How dare they? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so there's these two fake Facebook profiles. One, the person is always talking about work, you know, all these things they're doing, accomplishments, work, you know, that's going on. The other Facebook profile was, Hey, I'm playing golf. I'm at the beach. I'm hanging out doing this and that. And they had people compare these two Facebook profiles and say, which of these two people is the most successful? And the, the one that was busy with work 
was like two to one considered more successful than the other person. Hmm. And, and that's, that's a, that's a huge change because, you know, and that, that's a recent phenomenon because it used to be the status symbol was not being busy. It was having leisure time. Right. Cause I would still say that if you would have asked me that question, I definitely would have said, well, the guy who's out doing what he wants to do is the successful one. Right. Yeah. But you know, but at the same time, well, how are we doing? I'm, oh, I'm busy. I'm crazy busy. You know, I'm all, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And that seems to be our, our metric for, you know, things are going well. Oh yeah, I'm busy. Things are great. I'm busy. And you know, it, it's really easy to get swept into this whirlwind of business and find ourselves busy and think that that's a good thing. When in fact it can really be damaging to the bigger picture of life. Yeah. You know, and this is kind of a side question here, but I'm, cause I'm sure people are saying the same thing to you as they say to me, people look at my podcast, my blog, the other things I'm involved in, they go, man, Alex, you're so busy. And I always want to tell them, no, I'm not, but I haven't really found the right response because they're like, no, that's, that's what busy is, is everything that you're doing is busy, but I don't feel busy. I, I feel that I'm being productive, but also have a very balanced life at the same time. How do you respond to people when they tell you, oh man, Nathan, you're just so busy. Like what is your response? <laughs> so the, the, I'll, I'll answer it in the way that the author of the book Essentialism, which I highly recommend, answers it. It's, I say no to the, to the wrong thing so I can say yes to the right things. Wow. And it's really hard sometimes to realize which is which. If you say no to good things, it gives you margin to say yes to great things. Oh, that's great. I know we're going to get into, into that a little bit later in this talk as well. So I'm looking forward to to jumping into that. I want to get back into this whole idea of the whirlwind now. Sure. You know, I want to get, get into a bigger definition of what is the whirlwind. Can we kind of jump into that in a bigger level and kind of some ways we can, as you've said it previously in talks, tame this whirlwind? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, the whirlwind, I kind of, I hit this a little bit earlier, but the whirlwind is it's the day-to-day activity of business. The whirlwind is the energy and attention it takes to to focus on, you know, your business and actually to get things done. It's the 14 emails from clients that are waiting on you in the morning with demands for things to be done by noon. It, it's the the customer call that that happens right as you were about to leave early for the day or maybe start to do work on your own business for a change. Or it's the mm-hmm. one hour meeting with a client that stretches into three hours. We go to our desk, you know, we start work on a daily basis, you know, with the best of intentions of, you know, I'm going to finally, I'm going to focus and do some things that will move the yardsticks forward strategy wise for my business. And then it, it, it lasts like 10 minutes because we open our email and here's all these things. <laughs> right. I don't know about you, Alex, but I mean, I've spent hours in seminars and talks and webinars, reading books, reading blog posts, reading articles and magazines about things that could help my business grow. And I ended up never implementing anything at all because you know, it was all excellent information, but it, it never made a practical impact in my world. And it wasn't the author's fault. It wasn't the presenter's fault. It's just that when I got back to my real world, there's all this stuff that's waiting. There's the phone calls and the emails and a hundred other things that I had to do in a day. And it, it's the urgency of doing all of those things that keeps us from the importance of strategy. Yeah. I've found that in my life. Actually, I had to learn to, to balance what I'm learning because there were times when I wanted to implement some of this stuff. And it was so like when I was learning, it was so intense, so much to actually implement. I was like, well, this is actually doing the opposite of what I wanted it to do at this point. And I just found that, okay, I'm trying to implement this, but again, it's such a big task undertaking to do. Or I also found that some of these people, again, some of these authors are great. And depending on your lifestyle, it may work for you. But 
it's not a one size fits all type of scenario for a lot of these things. So some of these bigger, you know, motivational speakers and stuff, they're talking about these tools that you need to use. I've tried implementing some of them. I'm like, you know what, this actually <laughs> doesn't have any practical application to me because because the type of business I'm running, I can't spend the first 10 hours of my day locked in a room by myself and not talking to anyone or I wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't work for me. It might work for some forms of business, but not for what I'm doing. Oh, exactly right. And, you know, what, what I think a lot of times what ends up happening is, you know, we, we have these things we know we need to be doing. We need to have a good strategic plan mm-hmm. for our business and we need to be spending time working in our business, doing the whirlwind, but also on our business with strategy. Yeah. Um, and, and so what we end up saying, you know, the, the whirlwind starts to consume everything and we get swept up in doing all this other work for people. And we think, well, I'll just, I'll do, I'll, I'll work on my business next week or I'll do it next quarter or in the summer when things slow down, I'll do right. this. But what I've learned over the years is that kind of delay doesn't work because no, it does not. you know next week on Monday morning the whirlwind is still going to be there. The whirlwind never goes away. Right. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I mean the whirlwind is what makes us money. It, it's it's the details of business. It's doing work for clients. Right. And you know selling things to customers. So we don't want the whirlwind to go away. If it if it did, we're out of business. True. But that's a good point. We, yeah. I mean, but we also can't fool ourselves into thinking that we can just delay working on our business uh, mm-hmm. for you know for a certain amount of time. So we have to figure out a strategy of how do I how do I realize you know and accommodate the fact of life of the whirlwind, but still find time to grow my own business and you know do the internal stuff that I know needs to be done. Yeah. And you've referred to this as taming the whirlwind. Because again, we don't want to go away. If it goes away, our business goes away. Exactly. So you've referred to this as taming the whirlwind. And you kind of start this part of your talk off. I've heard you do it before with a plan, how we need a plan if we're going to accomplish our goals in the middle of this whirlwind of life that's happening around us. Can we kind of get into a little bit of what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. And and you have to have a plan because if you if you hit your desk on Monday morning without a plan, the whirlwind always wins. Mm, that's true. But with a good plan, you can actually keep the whirlwind contained. And it is possible, but you do have to have a strategy to get into this. So what I typically suggest people to do is you've got to change the scenery. If if you try to confront the whirlwind while you're sitting at the desk where the whirlwind lives, you're going to lose every time. So it it starts with getting away, getting out of your normal surroundings, maybe going to a coffee shop or some, you know, some place that's stimulating, you know, to your thinking is, you know, maybe you're a person that likes quiet. So it's a library or you're sitting out on your back porch and things are quiet, or maybe you like a stimulating environment, like a coffee shop or a cafe or whatever that's around, but just finding a good place where you can detach, turn off all screens and think because the whirlwind Hmm. lives behind screens. I've learned this. If you try to do this kind of strategy work with any sort of a screen connected to the internet, then you're going to get those notifications and we're all trained like Pavlov's dog to reach down and pick those (laughs) screens up whenever the email pops in. Right. Yeah. So we have to just get away from that and focus, you know, just take plan for a couple of hours to do really two, two very important things. The first is identify the issues that are going to make a big impact in my business. What are the things that I need to do? What are the changes that I need to make in my business? And, you know, chances are you've got a list like that started already of things you know you need to do someday. I I keep Mm -hmm. a someday list on a Trello board 
of things that I know need to get done just so there's a place to record them and I can get them out of my headspace That's smart. And, and know that they're there somewhere. A lot of us, myself included, I'm waiting for someday to be one of the days in the calendar when we can add an eighth day <laughs> so I can go to my someday board like you have and get it done. But I think it's really important to get it out of your head because no matter how good of a memory you have, you're locking up space that we could use for something else by holding that memory in there. And eventually you're going to forget, but get that out on paper somewhere, get it out on a Trello board, on a whiteboard, wherever it is. It's really important to get those ideas out and then continue with what we're talking about here, because at some point you're going to be able to implement. That's totally true. And, you know, I, I look at that like, you know, we've all got a computer and, you know, you look at, you know, whether you're on a Mac, you can see the little icons at the top, all the things that are running behind the scenes. Or if you're on a PC, it's down there by the clock at the bottom. You know, there's all those things that are running, all those background processes and stuff. And that's, you know, if you're trying to remember all of these things that you're supposed to do in your own head, there's only so much mental RAM, the, you know, mental yeah. memory that's up there. And you got to get those things out and record it somewhere. Otherwise, they're just going to consume all of your mental bandwidth. So, mm-hmm. you know, creating a list and, and in this planning meeting, two hours, two tasks, first of all, identifying the issues that the changes I need to make in my business. And then taking that list and picking that's just the top three. What are the things that are going to bring the most immediate impact to my business? Now, what I've learned is those things that are going to bring the most immediate impact to your business are probably things you don't enjoy doing. Otherwise, you probably would you would have done them already. Right. That's exactly right? what I was going to say. You would have already done them. <laughs> you know, just realize that going in. But there, there are some things likely, no matter who you are listening to this podcast, there are some things that you need to do. And you could probably list them right now and pick the top three things that would bring the most immediate impact to your business. So that's the first that's the first goal of this two-hour planning meeting with yourself as the CEO of your business. You're going to pick those top three things. The next thing is to plan some action items. Take each of those top three goals and turn those into action items that are going to take two to four hours to complete and just break them down. What are the steps that are involved in accomplishing that goal? Mm-hmm. So you're breaking down your goal. You're making it more like a micro goal of some sort instead of it's, just... It's, it's a step goal, right? Okay, step goal, yeah. yeah. Or micro, either way. Just what are the steps that are involved in, in accomplishing mm-hmm. this thing? So, you know, it may be one of your top three things is I need to hire a bookkeeper. I mean, I don't know about you, but one of the, one of the best things I ever did in my business was stop getting into QuickBooks all the time. Yeah, uh, I have you know, a guy for it, that too. Yeah, nothing against QuickBooks. You know, it just, I hate accounting. I can't stand it. And I know accounting, some people just love it. And I yep. don't understand how that works. But Stay in your lane, right? Exactly. I don't want to be in QuickBooks. I don't want to do that stuff. So getting a person that understands that world freed up so much of my time to do what I'm really good at. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's your goal. Hey, I need to find a bookkeeper, find an accountant, whatever. Okay, what are the steps involved? You know, I need to reach out to some people and get some recommendations. I need to talk to some people and so forth. Break that goal down into steps that are going to take you two to four hours hours to complete. That time frame is very important because you, you should leave this initial planning meeting with yourself, your first CEO summit, if you will, where you as the CEO of your business, identify the issues and break those things down. You're going to leave that meeting with yourself with a plan. And then you're going to have a weekly meeting with yourself where you are going to plan a time each week to do at least one of those two to four hour action items. That's an afternoon mm. that you can spend. And most of us, if we're honest, if we planned well, 
we could carve out two to four hours, either half of an afternoon or early one morning or a whole afternoon as a four-hour block, we could find a time each week where we could do one of those two to four-hour action items. Yeah. The thing is, we just let the whirlwind run all over us and we don't start the week with a plan of looking at our calendar and let's just say we're going to block out Friday afternoon. I don't know about you, but my phone tends not to ring as much. The emails slow down on Friday afternoons. So for me, just as a ritual, Friday afternoons is what I call CEO time. That's the time when I work on my business, not mm. in my business, and it's blocked out. I'm not available really anytime on Fridays, but particularly Friday afternoons, I'm, I'm not available to clients. I don't schedule anything because that's when I'm working on my business. You schedule time each week to, to implement one of those two to four hour action items to help you move toward that goal. That's great. And I like the way you're, you're saying CEO time. You know, you're technically, if you might be saying, well, I'm just a startup or just getting into my side hustle. At the end of the day, you're the CEO of your own life. So, and this can apply to your life, to your business, wherever you're at right now, you are the CEO in your own life, no matter what your position may be or what you feel like it may be. So this is a really applicable for anybody. If you're creating a brand, whether it's a personal brand through a blog or influencing on social media or a professional brand with a product or service that you're offering, the Creating a Brand community is for you. We are your digital mastermind or tribe. Our community is built on our own custom social media platform where we share our experiences, recommendations, and solve real problems together. In addition, all members have exclusive access to our many online courses. Ultimately, we are a powerful community of entrepreneurs that are helping each other succeed. You will always go further in life and in business when you're part of a healthy community. I'm so passionate about this that I'm going to ask you to do something for me right now. Visit creatingabrand.com and join our community today. You can start for free and it will take you less than three minutes to set up. Once you join, message me directly. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. So you talked about having this time planned out in advance. So for you, it's Friday afternoon. Do you have a a time weekly, monthly? I'm not sure how necessarily you plan ahead to say, okay, this is going to be my time. Or for you, it might just always be Fridays. But what if we have a schedule that maybe someone works, you know, a, a full-time job as well. They're in retail, in the food industry, and they don't have that, don't have a schedule that's always the same. Do you recommend reserving time to say, okay, this is what my upcoming week looks like. Here's where I can block out that time. Yeah. And, and again, obviously it depends on each person, but yeah. it is, it is good to establish routine. Routine mm-hmm. builds efficiency, builds effectiveness as much, as much as you can. If you're going to be a successful person, you have to be in control of your time and your time clock. So, Mm -hmm. you know, some people I understand it's just not possible to have a a certain time each week and and that's okay. If you can, you're going to be better at it. But Mm -hmm. every week before you have to start the week with a plan because without a plan, the whirlwind always wins. So before you start your week, you need to have a planning meeting with yourself a half hour. It just, it takes me 15 minutes, 15 to 30 minutes each week. For me, that happens on Sunday evening after the kids are settled down and, you know, I'm thinking it's, you know, around nine o'clock Sunday evenings. I just take a little time and I block out stuff on my week. Before the week starts, before you hit your chair on Monday morning, you need a plan and you plan the time, schedule that time to complete that two to four hour action item. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's also helpful, you know, if if you're like, you know, in my world, I have whirlwind stuff, emails and que- client questions and all these things. But I also have projects that I'm working on. You know, these are in my world website development projects mm-hmm. where I am, you know, I'm I've got to spend some focused time during the week knocking out a project. And one of the ways that I found it really helpful to plan my week and again, I'm, I'm, I like to keep things as simple as possible. I divide each day into three blocks. There's a morning, an afternoon, and an evening. And for me, family is a huge priority. So mm-hmm. family time is always factored into that. So I block things out morning, afternoon, and evening. And my family typically gets one of those blocks. So normally that's the evening. So after 5 o'clock, I shut down. I rarely do work after 5 p.m., that's family time. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some times, of course, where I've got you know, a deadline or whatever, and my family understands that. We have to be flexible. You know, That's just the, the world that I live in. So the, I might work in an evening. This approach makes it easy to keep track of the fact that, okay, last week I worked three nights. Well, I need to pay my family back three blocks somewhere. So I'm going to take a whole day hmm. off somewhere. Are they aware uh, so of I, this, of your time block, like this whole theory that you have or idea? Oh, yes. And my wife oh, is are. very good about keeping me accountable to, hey, you owe us some time. <laughs> oh, so she's going to make you pay up on that time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. That's, yeah. You got some accountability put in there. Oh, for sure. So, you know, when you look at the weekly plan, maybe on Monday, the whirlwind gets both morning and afternoon because the whirlwind stirs things up on the weekends a lot of times. Right. Yep. And then maybe Tuesday, the whirlwind gets the morning, but a project gets the afternoon and family gets the evening. Mm hmm. Thursday, you know, we homeschool our kids. So maybe on Thursday morning, I'm going to go do something with my kids on Thursday morning. Well, that means I'm going to be working that evening because the morning block was family that day. Okay. So I'll work into the evening on Thursday. And it's just a simple way to help me keep my time balanced better between projects and whirlwind stuff and family and, and all the other things. And then Friday afternoons is my strategy block. And it, it's basically every Friday afternoon that's I'm, I'm out of the office. I'm somewhere doing something, thinking about bigger picture business stuff. Yeah. Real quick, kind of going back to, to just how you're talking about having those, that three block system. First off, I have to say that I really appreciate that because there are a lot of different ideas out there for how you can manage your time. I like how simple you just made it. And I think that part of us being able to succeed in something is being able to understand it. And I've had some people throw some ideas at me for how you can manage your time that I couldn't even wrap my head around. I'm like, how do, <laughs> how do I manage my time like this? I can't even figure out what you're telling me. You know, I've seen it on paper. I'm like, this is really complex. I'm like, oh, once you get it, then you're really going to get it. But I prefer something like you're saying, morning, afternoon, evening. It's simple. It flows with a day, right? It makes sense. And you just have to manage to that three block system. I like that a lot. I think that a lot of people, if implementing just that, that's going to be a big win for a lot of people's businesses and their personal lives. And I totally agree. And that's not an original concept, by the way. I can't remember where I picked that up. It's from somebody somewhere over the years. I'm a sponge for useless information like that. And and sometimes (laughs) things that actually are important. Yeah. I picked that up from somebody somewhere and it's something I've been doing for years now. And like you say, if it's simple, it's repeatable. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if, if a time management system requires me to plug numbers into an algorithm, I'm, I'm done. I, you know, I'm not going to be able to maintain that for the long term. But something like this, it's fairly simple. It, it's easy to not only do yourself, but to share with others and, you know, really help people to start to change their approach to life with better time management because anybody can repeat this sort of a thing. And I'm finding also that the whirlwind is just getting more aggressive, if you will. 
it's becoming a more serious storm as life gets busier, if you will, for people. There's more notifications. There's more emails. There's more to look at. There's there's more to be done, right? So coming up with a way to manage it and to tame it, if you will, is becoming more and more important or we're just going to get caught up in this thing. And, and one day just you'll, you'll look back on your life and say, man, I don't, I don't even feel like I did anything I wanted to do. I was just busy the whole time. Exactly. And it's that, that busy epidemic that we've, you know, that we, we struggle with. It's just part of our world today. So unless we do something proactively to get our hands around, you know, how do I manage my time better so that it creates time for the things that are most important? If, if we are reactive instead of proactive, then like you mm. say, we're going to be five years up the road and wonder where the time went. Yeah, no, absolutely. How important do you consider your that weekly time that you have on Friday afternoon? How important is that time to you to make sure that you don't miss that time? It is absolutely critical. To be totally honest, this this one issue of taming the whirlwind is it's a talk that I've been asked to give several times this year at at different events that I've been asked to speak at. I'm sure. I can see why, by the way. Well, the the funny thing is, is this one issue has been the thing that has absolutely eaten my lunch in the first quarter of this year. I, you know, and I've been, I've written about this, I've spoken about it for years, and this was the issue that I struggled the most with this year. So oh, wow. no matter how much you think you've got your hands around it, it <laughs> you got to give yourself some grace because the the world is, is sort of engineered to sap our time away. And, you know, I let some things get out of perspective earlier this year. And so I had to make, take some proactive steps in my business to change the way some things were done so that I, I could get some balance back and, and, you know, full disclosure for the first quarter and even into, a, you know, even a little later, I, I did not do this very well. And, you know, I knew that I should mm. be doing it. I'm the guy up there teaching it. And matter right. of fact, when I was giving this talk in the middle of that time, I'm like, y'all, I am absolutely, this thing is kicking my butt right now because hmm. you know, I am out of balance. But I, I had to you know, increase some responsibilities with some people that work for me and do some other proactive things to bring things back into balance because I, I was realizing immediately just how difficult my world was becoming because I was allowing the whirlwind to win. Wow. What did you do to regain control? I'm not sure if that's the right way to say it, but what did you do to to overcome this struggle that you had throughout the first quarter? I brought some more people into my business. And, you know, I have, uh, by, by nature, I think, I think a person's greatest weakness is their greatest strength taken to an extreme. And my, my great strength is, you know, I, I, am, I can crank the work out and I, I can tend to be a perfectionist about it. And so as a result of that, you know, I do great work, but the, the downside of that is it's really hard for me to delegate and let somebody mm-hmm. else come in and do things. And so I was trying to do way too much. And so I had to let go of some things to someone who's worked with me for a long time. And I basically tripled her workload and brought her in. You know, she's oh, been wow. a regular contractor with me for years and I brought her in as in a more formal role. And I just had to let go of a lot of things. So, you know, it was it was painful. That that's a hard, it's a hard thing to do as a business owner to release particularly things that you are personally good at, but realize, you know, if I continue to do all these little things, then it's, it's not really where my focus ought to be. And so I have to do, I have to release it. And so I can spend time on the great things, not the good things. Yeah. Do you think that your, your business or even personal life suffered from missing that first quarter? Like, are you still trying to regain some of the traction that maybe you would have had, or do you feel like you've recovered at this point? 
ask me again in six weeks or two months. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. You know, I, I think I've mostly recovered. I know mm-hmm. where I need to be. We've gotten things in place. You know, anytime you onboard people to new roles, we onboarded a new person into the business, a new contractor into the business. You know, that's always, it takes, you always pay for that. It takes you more time at the beginning to get that person onboarded. So we're just now starting to see the fruit mm-hmm. of the, in, the time investment of bringing the people on. So things are, things are back in balance for the most part now. I think we're on the right track. <laughs> That's good. I actually asked that for a specific reason though. It's because a lot of this stuff, the strategy, bigger picture, these things that you're doing, it can easily be up to six months before you really see a change or a difference. It's not like a lot of it's not instant. You don't just start going, you know, this Friday, if I started doing the same thing you're doing, which I, I do this, it's Sunday for me, but I do the same concept. But let's just say I just decided to start this week. I'm not going to see a big change after one or two weeks in a row of doing this, right? It's going to be potentially months before I really start seeing big returns on my investment. Yeah, big returns in the particularly in uh, when you zoom out and look at the big picture of your business. Mm-hmm. It does take a little time for you know those strategy things to start happening. You can start to contain the whirlwind immediately and just doing mm-hmm. things like, you know what? This afternoon I'm working on a project, which means I'm not going to have my email on or my phone on. I'm just going to turn it off. And there's really not any client issues that can't wait a couple of hours where wow. I can have some good focused time doing this thing. But, you know, as you start to spend the time to do strategy and to grow your business, that does take a little time to pay off. But that's one of the reasons I, I said at the beginning of when you're picking the things you're going to work on in that first initial meeting with yourself, mm-hmm. picking the top three things that bring the most immediate impact you want to do those things that have immediate impact because that builds momentum. When you're trying to build new habits into your life, doing small things, micro habits that start to build together, momentum is what is created. And momentum is what really helps you to build habits because you get to see the payoff of those things. You know, the, the more quickly you can see the payoff of those things, the more apt you are to stay with the new habit if that makes sense. No, that, that does make a lot of sense. And that actually leads me to a really practical question, if you will, probably a difficult one. But when you're saying, okay, this week, this afternoon I'm doing client work, so I'm not going to check my email or my phone or anything like that. That takes a lot of self-discipline in today's world because, I mean, even myself, I consider myself a disciplined person and I understand the concept of focus. It's one of my, my greatest natural abilities, I have to say. But sometimes I can just tell my phone is like looking at me, you know, it's like, (laughs) pick me up and check to see what's going on. And email is the same thing. Like, what if there's something really important? It's just like running through my mind. How have you practically implemented this where you're not just answering to that response or that little voice in your head that's telling you to pick these things up? And maybe I'm just addicted to it, but I think a lot of people are. I totally agree. And there is, I'm sure up the road, you know, 10 years up the road, there'll be some studies. I know there's some now, but in preliminary ways, but some studies to see just how all of the screens and devices we have have impacted our brains and how we think and brain Mm -hmm. chemistry and all that. I'm I'm sure that there's major changes that happen. I don't have enough letters after my last name to get into the details of that. But, (laughs) you know, for me, in a practical sense, on my Mac, I can put it in do not disturb mode and there are no notifications. Mm-hmm. My phone, you know, if I'm away from, I do a lot of work in the strategy time with a, with a journal and a pen. Okay. That's um, smart. And I don't take a laptop with me and I turn my phone off, like actually turn it off. Believe it or not, phones still do that. They can be turned they, off. They, they can in <laughs> fact be turned off. And so 
and I'll still find myself, you know, again, it's, it's like, it's the Pavlovian response. I find myself picking up my phone. Oh, it's off. And, you know, Hmm. we just have this habit of picking our phones up for whatever reason, but having it off, if I, if I want to turn it on, it's going to take several seconds to boot up. Right. Yeah. And that way, well, I'm not going to wait on it. It gives you a minute to stop challenge, choose, right? You stop and think of what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Challenge it. Do I really need to look at my phone and choose? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put my phone down and, and focus on what's important. And you know you do that enough, and it's you start to not look at your phone as much. Yeah, I'm implementing that one today. By the way, that's that's my <laughs> that's my action from this episode so far. So thank you for that. That's great. It's a simple thing, right? We can do simple yeah. things. Just turn turn the phone off. Yeah, uh, I, and I love it. It's anybody can do that right away. Like you could do that Absolutely. right now. Which if you're listening to this episode, I don't wait till it's over, and then you can turn off. Your phone. <laughs> right, but right. but it's easy. Anyone could do that. So that that's great. There's something else that you say that I kind of want to end with here. And you talk about how all of this, the point of taming this whirlwind and and getting more out of life and business in general, it's all about creating margin, which is something that you've mentioned has actually just changed a big portion of the way that I view my future goals and my long my long-term goals and my long-term success is now a part of how I determine this is this margin we create. Can you kind of explain what you mean by creating margin in your life? Absolutely. So I define success with the word margin. So how do I know if I'm being successful in what I'm doing? I am successful not by the dollar figure in the bank. I'm successful when I have created enough margin in my world to do the things that are most important to me. Hmm. If you do that, if you create margin, the dollar figures usually follow. But being more efficient in your time, saying yes to great things because you said no to good things, creating that space in your world to do what is most important, whether it's the strategy for your business, building a great business process, all those strategy items that we need to do in our business, or or taking time to spend with your family, taking time to do things you enjoy with hobbies, taking time for vacation and reflection. We need rest. We need meaningful, Mm -hmm. structured rest in our world to function as human beings. And for a lot of business owners, we don't have that. We've let our, our business consume every square inch of our lives. So by keeping the whirlwind under control, by, a, by good strategic planning and, and, and structuring out our businesses that way, what that does is it starts to create margin, time, where we can do the things that are the most important. And, mm-hmm. you know, margin looks different for different people. You know, it, your priorities are different maybe than my priorities. But whatever it looks like, margin is the space to do the things that feed your soul, that 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 grow you as a person, that yeah. are most important to you. So you have to say no to the wrong things, even no to good things, so that you can say yes to the great things, and that will create margin in your world. Man, absolutely beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing today, Nathan. I loved having you on the show today. Yeah, man, my privilege. Thanks for having me. What a powerful episode. Nathan shared some serious wisdom with us, and it leads me to a question I want to ask you. How can you begin taming the whirlwind in your own life? Really think about your response to that. And I want to challenge you at the same time to begin implementing the CEO time that Nathan talked about and also by starting to block out your time because I know you will see an immediate benefit from doing both of these things. And of course, as we're getting ready for the end of the year, now is the best time to begin reflecting on our previous year and also start planning the new year. And I want you to consider Nathan's points from this episode as you're doing so. I've outlined them for you in the show notes from today's episode, which you can find at creatingabrandpodcast.com. Nathan, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. 
podcast today and sharing what I consider to be life-changing principles with us all. What a great way to end the year in the second season of the Creating a Brand podcast. So here's the conclusion of season two. Everyone, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. I want to give a big shout out to the Creating a Brand community because you guys are my motivation for every single episode. I say this as humbly as possible. It is an honor to help people through this podcast. And I'm really looking forward to continuing to add value in 2020 when we launch season three of the Creating a Brand podcast. For now, thank you so much for listening and happy holidays. Happy holidays.